Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I am Henry Ettinger, coming to you after a Browns playoff victory. Playoff victory, 48-37 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just going to get all my thoughts out on the table to start this game. I mean, what a crazy game it was from the first snap where it goes over Big Ben's head. The Browns recover Carl Joseph in the end zone to the crazy start where the Browns throw a, a touchdown pass to Jarvis Landry off a Big Ben interception. Kareem Hunt has two touchdowns, are up 28-0. Then the Steelers eventually kind of claw their way back in the third quarter, and then the Browns put them away at the end of the game. It was just a roller coaster. A roller coaster. For everybody involved, Browns fans, I can tell you my heart rate was just, oh, skyrocketing. Oh, it's just, it's skyrocketing so much. It's almost hard to even talk right now. It, I don't I don't know how I'm going to sleep. I don't, I, that's a whole other question, but it, I imagine all you guys feel the same way out there. It was insane. It, I was speechless at one point in the first quarter. You could have thought of every scenario of, of the way this game was going to go, and this one really was not it. It was a dream dream start for the Browns and and then they were able to hold the Steelers off after that amazing amazing first quarter and and just this wasn't just a playoff win right they beat the Steelers we're talking big Ben and the big bad Steelers a team that has been the thorn in the Browns side at all times basically ever since this team came back what did they say? Big Ben was 23-2-1 against the Browns. It's 17 straight wins for the Steelers at Heinz Field. All of that. Throw it all out. Throw it all out. It doesn't matter anymore because the Browns won. The Browns won this game. <sighs> Exhale. Exhale. The Browns were able to finally exercise all of those demons, and it feels so good. And it's the first playoff win in so long. Their first road playoff win since 1969. Their first playoff win in general since 1994, I think it is. And, oh, my God. It's just – so many different records. I mean, the 28 points was a record from, I think, 1969 too. And just all of the stats that came out about the start that this team had, the history for the franchise, a a Browns franchise that even in, you know, the heydays in the 80s and 90s isn't going on the road and winning these games. They're usually in front of the dog pound, all of that. And the Steelers always being the team that stops the Browns from getting there and not this time, not this time. And I, I, as I'm trying to put together my thoughts here, I think that's where I want to start is, is this team's different. This team is different. And, and why? Why is this Browns team so different? I mean, we're talking about things from 30 years ago, 50, 60 years ago, where they're getting back to those records. And look, to me, it, it, it starts with the attitude. I mean, it Going all the way back to when Baker Mayfield was drafted, bear with me for a second. It was, hey, we need somebody like Baker Mayfield for his attitude. The Browns need an attitude shift. And I tell you what, I tweeted this out before the game. I was like, you know, I've had my doubts about Baker, 
But man, we need somebody like him in this game. I feel great about having him as my quarterback in this game, right? Road underdog, enemy territory, rivalry Steelers. They're talking smack before the game and, and you needed somebody with that edge. And that's what Baker provides. Baker, Jarvis Landry, Miles Garrett, all of them. They've got that kind of, this team just walks around with like a chip on its shoulder. They feel the, the frustration from Browns fans. And, and instead of being crushed by that, it feels like they own that, right? Feels like they own that. And, and they walk around with that like little extra swag, like that confidence that you just, like you know the difference between when somebody's faking it and when they're not. And like this team has real confidence, right? They went into Steelers territory and there was no backing down, no fear right from the jump. They were all over the Steelers. It was the Steelers that looked tentative. It was the Steelers that were making mistakes. And the Browns, on the other hand, were capitalizing on those mistakes. They were making their own luck almost in, in a way in this game. And they wanted it more. They just wanted it more. And, and that's what feels so good as a Browns fan is you're like, my team wanted it more than they did. They felt the frustration, the heartbreak of our fan base. And, and I felt like they played with that behind them today. I really did. And, and that chip, that swag, it just, that attitude. Yeah. That's uh, all of that it, to me is the first reason they're different. And, and then on top of that, I, I've, I've talked about this before, but the mental toughness, this team is tough, not just physically tough, which they are too there, but they are mentally tough. They come out, they jump all over the Steelers, right? Nobody believes in them. They do. They believe in themselves. And they're right there. From the opening jump, they're all over the Steelers. Things are going great. They capitalized on those opportunities when they were afforded them. They capitalized. And then things get tough, right? Uh-oh, the Steelers are, are score a touchdown. Boom, Browns, back, answer, touchdown. Steelers start to get a little momentum in the second half. All of a sudden, 35-23, it's a 12-point game. You're like, uh-oh, I tell you what, my, I was like, uh-oh, I, I was panicking. Browns fans, I'm sure you were panicking, but not our team. Not our team. Our team was not panicking. They came out, came right back down the field, scored a touchdown, go up 42-23. That's the mental toughness of this team, and it's – the players, it's the coaches, all of it. It's a culture shift in the Browns. They, it, it, I, you know, I think part of it is Kevin Stefanski, the way he preaches mental toughness. He's even keeled at all times. You see that in press conferences. You see that throughout the game. But it's also Baker Mayfield. It's Miles Garrett. All of them, you see that mental toughness and it fuels them it absolutely does and so it, and what happens is when you have that culture right usually the Steelers getting back closer the Browns would crumble usually injuries would derail the Browns usually something like this COVID breakout absences whatever would derail the Browns but when you have that culture 
it can transcend those things. It transfers over to the other players. It transfers over to the new guys. Hey, Blake, Hans, we've never met you before, but this is how we do things. And I think all of that was the reason the Browns were able to stay in and in, in, in dominate this game is they finally had the culture to match the Steelers. And, and it felt good. It felt so good. And, and and you can just you can see how all of this showed itself throughout the game. I mean, the no fear, the they stayed aggressive on the front foot. You can see the Browns were fueled by Juju Smith Schuster a little bit too. Miles Garrett after the game said we were disrespected not by Juju, the media, all of that. And, and Baker Mayfield made some veiled references to it as well. Yeah, it's just this team, as I said, uh, it's just they, they played with a passion that, that made me proud as a Browns fan. It made me proud. And that's just it, – it's not it, – it's almost hard to put into words after watching this team for the last two decades since they've returned and more not, not often play with that. And it, oh, it just it, – it feels like sweet relief. It feels so good. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. I'm getting tired as I record this just because I'm finally coming down a little bit from this game. But, man, man, oh, man, oh, man, the Browns win a playoff game 48-37 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, let's shift. I want to shift. I'm going to do my best here. Let's talk about what actually happened in the game, right? I mean, it was a roller coaster, first of all. First play of the game. I, I don't know if Miles Garrett did this intentionally, but that ball was on like the two yard line and he actually kind of like batted it into the end zone, which if he did was extremely smart because then either the Browns recover it for, or the Steelers recover it for safety or the Browns recover it for a touchdown. And Carl Joseph jumped on it. Browns touchdown early lead. The Big Ben interceptions. He was under pressure all night. And, and going back to, the preview pod with Jake, that was exactly what we said had to be the formula. Now we thought, or at least I thought it might have to be a little bit lower scoring game than it turned out to be, but we'll get into all that as well. But big Ben was under pressure and make no mistake. That's the reason he threw the first interception in this game. It was, he felt under, he felt uncomfortable early. He felt very uncomfortable early in this game. And it was all about, this Browns winning the physical battle. And that's the number one takeaway is they were more physical than the Steelers on both sides of the football. On the offensive line, they were more physical. They ran with more physicality. They blocked with more physicality. And on the defensive side of the football, they were more physical at the point of attack. That front four, and then really the front seven, I thought the linebackers had a good game in this one for the most part. They tackled well. They played physical downhill football, and that's why the Steelers were caught so off guard. They were so on their heels from the beginning of this game that, that the Browns were able to jump out to that 28-0 lead. And it was it was just it was a physical domination. And I and the stats at the end of the game aren't gonna show that as much just because the Steelers, when the Browns were playing a lot of prevent defense got a, a, a bunch of passing yards and all of that, but but when this game was tight, the Browns were just so much, so much more physical. And it's, it was on both sides of the football. So I, it, to me, the biggest surprising thing, I'll, let's, uh, I'll try to organize this. I, I, 
Let's start on the offensive side of the football, right? 48 points against the big bad Steelers. The O-line obviously played insanely well, way better than I could have imagined. Michael Dunn filling in for Nick Harris and, and Joel Batonio had the game of his life. We talked about it with Jake Burns. Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, those guys are the class of NFL interior defensive linemen and really didn't hear from him all night. He played a fantastic, fantastic game. And when Jack Conklin went out, even Kendall Lamb played, played all right. And the Browns blocking was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic in this game. It allowed the, you know, Baker Mayfield to have a clean pocket pretty much all night. I saw from next gen stats, he got zero pressures. Now I think that's a little exaggerating, but for the most part, he played with a pretty clean pocket. And we talked about how in the previous games, that hadn't been the case. Baker hadn't had clean pockets. And that's why it felt like the sacks were the thing that was doing the Browns in on those previous games against the Steelers. None of that tonight. The offensive line, I just, Blake Hance, even from my alma mater, Northwestern University, I actually knew who he was, came into the game and, and was serviceable. The next man up mentality among those guys was fantastic. It totally changed this game and in a way that was totally unexpected and allowed our offense to thrive. And the second thing is, I almost feel like, is it just me or are not, are not enough people talking about how well Baker Mayfield played? At least that's how I feel looking at Twitter and kind of the early conversation. I know it's kind of right after the game, but Baker Mayfield played fantastic in this game. And, and I feel like it was overshadowed by the start and the turnovers and how Big Ben, how Big ben was so bad, but 21 to 34 for 263 yards and three touchdowns almost doesn't do it justice really because the Browns obviously were running the ball a lot in the second half, but Baker Mayfield's distribution in this game was fantastic. He made throw after throw. And the big thing for me with him was you can tell how much faith teams have in their quarterback by what they call in crucial plays. And on third down, the Browns put it in Baker Mayfield's hand time and time again, and he delivered time and time again. And it started with the first drive. It started with the first drive. It was third and four. It was only seven, nothing. And the Browns put it in Baker Mayfield's hands to throw the ball. You could think, ah, we're in Steelers territory. Maybe we run it to down territory. No, no, no. Put it in Baker's hands. And he delivered. And I'll share this with the podcast listeners as well. We had Jake Burns on last week. And he, he uh, to preview this game, and he did this great analysis. Go read it. It's on OBR.com right now. The play that the Browns ran to score that first touchdown was the exact same scheme that they ran in the first matchup with the Steelers where Minka Fitzpatrick picked off Baker Mayfield for that touchdown. And the Steelers ran the exact same coverage. And instead of Baker Mayfield throwing an interception – he looked off to Austin Hooper. Minka Fitzpatrick jumped the route, and then he throws it to Jarvis Landry across the middle for a 40-yard touchdown. The growth, the development, the trust, you saw it all in one play. It was absolutely incredible. Go check it out if you're a visual person. But trust me, it was – if you just put the two side by side, the development in Baker Mayfield was on full display. It was insane. And he played fantastic this whole game. I mean, what was a bad play Baker Mayfield made in this game? I, I mean, maybe you have a 
there's a throw like it really not a whole lot that you can think I mean he avoided all of the turnovers avoided all the sacks felt the pressure made smart plays dumped it off when he needed to it was a complete game by him and it, it just feels like people aren't talking about that enough because of all the other storylines but Baker Mayfield outplayed Big Ben by a lot in this game and by a lot and it feels like somehow that narrative is being lost that the Browns had the better quarterback they just did and now pair that with typically you're talking about Baker and Kevin Stefanski tell you what Alex Van Pelt called a hell of a game a hell of a game he, to me, was so impressive sticking with the philosophy. Baker Mayfield got the ball out early. You could see that was an emphasis. I think I saw something that he was getting the ball out a quarter of a second faster than he had in any game this season. And that obviously got to the Steelers. They could not stop the Browns' short passing game. They got a dose of their own medicine from AVP. And, and the biggest thing to me was, the biggest thing, he got a little tight, maybe you could say at the beginning of the second half, though. I don't I don't really know if that was it, tightness is just the Browns missed on a couple plays, but the Steelers score is 35-23. They don't go for it on fourth down. And to me, this was the pivotal point in the game. Fourth and one, the Steelers punted away. And Alex Van Pelt comes back and calls four straight pass plays. He puts his foot down. He puts his foot on the accelerator and got the ball back into Steelers territory. Eventually, it ends up with a screen pass to Nick Chubb in the touchdown a few plays later. But to me, that's the pivotal point in the game. It's fourth and one. The Steelers are down 12 points, and Mike Tomlin blinked. He was on his back foot. That never happens in this rivalry. The Steelers played with fear. And then on the flip side, the Browns, even when their head coach isn't there, Alex Van Pelt and Baker Mayfield come out with a six-play touchdown drive where it's four passes in a row when you're up in the fourth quarter to start the drive. That is smart. It is aggressive. And it put the pedal to the metal, and the Browns were the ones that stepped on the Steelers' necks. When have we ever said that? The Browns were the ones that took it to them. And it was from the first play all the way until the last play. The Browns took the fight to the Steelers. And that's the thing. That's the takeaway. Physically, mentally, all of it. They took the fight to the Steelers. And and it, it goes to the offensive line as well. They it, it also went to the running backs. Chubb and Hunt ran with some attitude in this game. I mean, Kareem Hunt just ran over guys. And Nick Chubb always does that. But, oh, my God, the two of them. Ran with some attitude. And look, on the defensive side of the football, yes, there are questions. Of course there are questions. But as I talked about, they pressure Big Ben. They're all over him in the beginning of this game. Miles Garrett played a great game. And it won't show up as much because he didn't get the highlight sack or strip sack or whatever. He was in Big Ben's face. A lot. A lot. And the other thing that stood out to me is the Browns tackled well in this game. I've often come on this podcast and talk about how the Browns haven't tackled well. Not today. The Browns tackled very well on those big Steeler receivers when they threw the ball short. They got them on the ground. B.J. Goodson, Jacob Phillips, 
And the secondary guys like Carl Joseph, I mean, those guys tackled well. And that was important. It, it, it kept, kept the Steelers. They, it felt like the Steelers kept having to go to third down. It was like they're getting plays, but nothing explosive, nothing explosive. Obviously, the secondary struggled. But, hey, they're missing two corners. Denzel Ward's not there. Kevin Johnson's not there. Like, Robert Jackson is not an NFL corner. We know that. And I saw so many people that were frustrated with Joe Woods. And, yes, I was frustrated that he he went a little conservative there. I would say the prevent got a little out of control in the third quarter, right? But also on the flip side, he tried to man up the next drive, and Robert Jackson got eaten alive by the Steelers receivers too. So this whole year has been hard to judge Joe Woods because – what do you do when you're playing guys that are just, they're, they're special teamers. They're seventh corners on the roster and they're thrust into action with everything going on. And look, they held up and the Browns got the, the start they needed to play this way with their struggling defense to play, you know, to force the Steelers to be one dimensional and it all worked out. So I, those guys, they hung in there. And that's the most important thing. They hung in there. They made some plays. And they made some plays when it counted, too. That's that's the other thing is it's not like they, they didn't make any plays throughout the game. I actually thought that the secondary played pretty well at, at, for what you could expect. It was just I didn't have a whole lot of expectations. But it didn't matter, guys. It did not matter. We're going back to the positive. It did not matter, baby. 48-37 Brownies. 48-37 Brownies. Playoff victory. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. That's all the thoughts I can get out here. Uh, it's just, it goes all back to what I said at the beginning. The, the, the chip on this team's shoulder, the attitude, it made me proud. It just, it made me so proud to be a fan of this team tonight. It felt so good beat the Steelers to just to finally once be on top finally be on top and the way they did it the way they just kicked them in the mouth oh it felt good I was so nervous I was so excited but what a ride what a roller coaster of emotions it was today Browns fans but I hope you enjoyed it it was almost hard to enjoy at times I know I was pretty much nervous the whole game I was really nervous when the Steelers got it close so if it was hard to enjoy in the moment trust me I'm right there with you but if you're listening to this now take a step back and enjoy it the Browns just won a playoff game I wasn't alive the last time the Browns won a playoff game my dad barely remembers the last time the Browns won a playoff game just because it's been so many it's been decades that's it's so it's just this moment in history it can't be lost on you almost it's just Browns fans a new generation of Browns fans finally got to experience success today and 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 that in itself is just it's incredible it's incredible and now and, and now the Browns move on survive and advance and obviously they have a huge test next week and nobody's gonna deny that the Kansas City Chiefs are the number one seed. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. They have the best player in football, all that. But just like this week, 
any given Sunday, any given Sunday. And the Browns are going to have their guys back. Denzel Ward, hopefully, and Kevin Johnson and Kevin Stefanski, as good as the coaching staff was this week, Kevin Stefanski being back is helpful. So all of that uh, will be good for this team. It'll all be good. And I, I have full faith in them to put, a, uh, to put in a great effort next week. And I, I'm not ruling it out. I, I, I'm not going to say I expect the Browns to win, but hey, anything is possible. It's a one game. It's a one game tournament, baby. It was one of my friends even texted that in the group today. Uh, you know, when we were talking before the game, because man, it's just one game. It's just one game, right? Anything can happen in just one game, but Hey, got to enjoy this one. Browns win 48 37 over the Steelers. I hope all of you guys out there are doing well. This game was awesome. God, I love Browns fans. I love you guys so much. The support, it was, it was strange not to be, you know, with anybody else that, you know, I'm in Chicago. I couldn't be with my family to watch this game. I couldn't be with my friends. So I was honestly living vicariously through you guys, through Brown's Twitter and all of that. So I'm at Henry underscore Ettinger on Twitter. If you ever want to follow me, obviously a lot of Brown's content there. There's going to be a lot of Brown's content here. Of course, we're going to preview the Chiefs game. Of course, we're going to deliver to you all that. But I just had to, I had to hop on and talk about this game. It was just, it was that cool. It was that fun. It was that important. And it just feels so sweet. The sweet, sweet taste of playoff victory. Browns fans, playoff victory. All right, all right. That's enough for me. That's enough. Browns fans, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for all your support. Please subscribe, rate, review, spread the word. This podcast is growing, and and what a time as this team heads in to a playoff matchup next week against the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round because we won in the wild card round. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Until next time, Browns fans, I'll be back later on this feed, but say one more time for everybody, as I said tonight, go Browns. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.